Well, good morning. Uh, I'd like to dismiss the children who'd like to go to Children's Church at this time. Uh, Kari's in the back, and she'll take you and bring you back later. My name is Abe Johnson. I'm the senior pastor here at Emmaus. We're in our last week of Amos in Amos 9. And uh, we come to a text that's really interesting in terms of its kind of the history of this text. And I was talking with Kelly about it this week. Uh, because you've got the Hebrew, and then, and then the, the Greek uh, translation is a little bit different, which you can see in the footnotes, and then the New Testament uh, quotes it and quotes the Greek and does things even a little bit even more different. It raises all kinds of cool questions that I thought are really interesting, and why would an editor do this, and blah, 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 and going on and on. And Kelly says to me, that is so boring. <laughs> And I know some of you disagree, but um, so there you go. Wherever you are on that spectrum, uh, we come to Amos chapter 9 today. And last week I, I made this comment that Amos was in a bad mood. Well, today his mood's lightened up a little bit. We are in Amos chapter 9. I'll be reading starting in verse 11. Uh, there are Bibles in front of you if you would like to read along. They look like this, and you are welcome to take that home. It is yours if you'd like to have it. In these Bibles, it is on page 740. If you'd like to read along, we're in the right-hand column. And today, I'm going to have the congregation stand for the reading of Scripture. So I invite you to stand as you are able. The word of the Lord from his prophet Amos, chapter 9, verses 11 through 15. In that day, I will restore the fallen house of David. I will repair its damaged walls from the ruins. I will rebuild it and restore its former glory. And Israel will possess what is left of Edom and all the nations I have called to be mine. The Lord has spoken and he will do these things. The time will come, says the Lord, when the grain and grapes will grow faster than they can be harvested. And then the terraced vineyards on the hills of Israel will drip with sweet wine. I will bring my exiled people of Israel back from the distant lands, and they will rebuild their ruined cities and live in them again. They will plant vineyards and gardens. They will eat their crops and drink their wine. I will firmly plant them there in their own land and they will never again be uprooted from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. May God bless the reading of God's word and let us pray. God, what word do you have for us today? Would your Holy Spirit please bring us that word, whether those come out of my mouth or not. I pray that in the name of Jesus, amen. You, you may be seated. Uh, by the way, next week we will start a sermon series on mental health, mental illness, and the church. And looking at that topic in light of the ministry of Jesus. How does the church talk about stigma, boundaries, self-care, hospitality, a church's ability to embrace our brothers and sisters who walk life with mental illness. So that will start next week. It'll be three weeks. But today we finish up 
Amos. I like to tell this story. Uh, I've told it before. Kelly and I have a friend. Her name is Krista. And uh, Krista has a uh, son named Hank. And when Hank was born, I got Hank a gift. It was a Moses doll. That's right. Burning bush, let my people go, split the Red Sea into Moses. I got him a Moses doll, just a little bit smaller than a Barbie doll, because I thought, what kid doesn't want a Moses doll? No amens, huh? Okay. That is so boring. You should have seen Krista's face when she opened it up. What is this? She said to me. I looked at her and I said, That is Moses. Well, it turns out that when Hank was a small boy, he loved this Moses doll. Hank played with Moses all the time. At bedtime, Hank would say, Mama, it's dark. Where's my Moses? When she took him to the doctor for his shots, he'd say, Mama, I'm scared of the doctor. Where's my Moses? Sorry, doctors. One time, Hank was, uh, when he was potty training, Hank's mother heard him talking to someone in the bathroom, so she poked her head in there, and sure enough, there was Hank sitting on the potty talking to Moses. You can do it, Moses. You can go potty on the potty. Just like me, Moses, just try. My wife tells me I'm not the best gift giver. Oh, but what a thought. This great prophet of Israel right there in Hank's back pocket. Hank and Moses, together they can do anything. Hmm. Wouldn't it be nice to have a prophet in your pocket? A great prophet like Moses, who walks into the darkness with us. One who walks into the doctor's office with us. Ready for a miracle. Has a word and a vision. To have someone right there with us who will stand up to anything that shackles us. The devil himself. Let my people go. Wouldn't that be something? One who doesn't just lead us to the edge of the sea, but leads us through it. Who's able to feed our hunger, quench our thirst with a miracle from the sky. Hmm. I like that. Abe and Moses. I like that. One of the more troubling things about life is that we cannot see into the future. It's unclear and it's scary. The future is a puddle at springtime and the children are jumping up and down. You cannot see the bottom. Think back five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago. Could you possibly have foreseen all that has happened to you between then and now? or all that has happened to us as a culture, or a society, or as a church. We just can't see what's going to happen. Now this wouldn't be so scary if, if all the things that happened on this planet were good and fun. Then it'd be like a birthday party every day. 
But the bad stuff happens too, maybe more. And it comes without warning. And suddenly we're walking on a road we never wanted to walk on. We find ourselves in danger. We find ourselves afraid. We need a word of the Lord. How did Hank put it again? Mama, where's my Moses? Now, I don't know if you took the time to read the book of Amos over the past month. Uh, That's not a guilt line, by the way. Good old Baptist guilt. Read your Bible. You should read your Bible. But if you did, then you know that the biblical prophets have hard things to say, difficult things to say. I tell you, I read Amos, I don't know, a dozen times now maybe, and the words don't get easier. We've been doing this now for a month on Sundays. Words of justice and righteousness, speaking about money and society and God's anger about it. The biblical prophets have difficult words, but it is also true that when life is dark and we're haunted by fear, when we find ourselves walking in the valley of the shadow of death, there's nothing like a word from a prophet. And so, what word do we need to hear today, church? What word do we need? Perhaps a word from Isaiah. Jesus feels far away, God seems absent, and the road between us and God seems so long, and that road is full of rocks, and we're going to trip on it if we try. And hear this word from Isaiah. Do you hear the voice calling in the wilderness? That voice is preaching to the road that you're unable to walk on. Do you hear the voice? It's preaching to that road. Oh, wilderness, prepare a way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for God. All you valleys rise up, mountains stoop down, rough ground level out, rugged places be paved. For the glory of the Lord is on its way. It's coming down that highway. And it will be revealed and all the people will see it. God is coming to tend to his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms, carries them close to his heart, saying, Comfort, oh comfort my people. Isaiah chapter 40. What word do we need today? Maybe it's Jeremiah. The future has us nervous. Too many questions, not enough answers. We cannot see how things are going to work out. And there's Jeremiah, tears in his eyes, speaking these words. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Now, time out. Time out. Sometimes someone will stand up. Jeremiah didn't write these words to you. Jeremiah wrote these words to the Babylonian exiles back in the 6th century. Yes, he did. And, his, and the geopolitics and the socioeconomics and the Hebrew vorlaga, I love it. Kelly, not so much, but I do. The history is fascinating. Yes, it is. And helpful. But church, the Lord, as the Lord spoke to the exiles in Babylon long ago, I believe the Lord gives a word to God's people today. I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you. 
I have plans to give you hope, to give you a future. And you will come to me, and you will pray to me, and I will listen. I will listen to your prayer. Because you sought me with all your heart. Oh yes, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. What word do we need today, church? We're weary of war in the world, violence in the land, maybe weary of working for peace, and now we need a word from Micah. God will judge between many peoples and many nations. God will decide about those strong nations far away, and they will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Do not grow weary in your work for peace. Thus says the Lord. Do we need a word today from Ezekiel? Do we need a word? I will take their hearts of stone, I will exchange them for tender hearts, human hearts, hearts of flesh, and they will return to me. Do you know that word? That's a good word. What about Ezekiel chapter 37? Mm. Do you know that word? Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord was on me. This is about Ezekiel now. And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and he put me in the middle of a valley. And it was filled with bones. He led me back and forth among these bones, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And all I saw was death. I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were dry and dead. And the Lord asked me, Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live again? You know, O Lord. And then the Lord said to me, Son of man, go up to those bones and prophesy to them. You go preach a sermon to the bones. And you say to them, Dry bones, hear this word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to you bones. I'm going to make breath enter you. And you will come to life. And I'm going to put tendons on you and put flesh on you and cover you with skin and I'm going to breathe in you and you will come to life and you will know that I am the Lord. That's the message, son of man. Now go preach it. And I heard the Lord say this to me and I got to work. So I preached to those bones. I was jumping up and down. And as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones started coming together. Bone to bone. You can hear the children singing, can't you? I can. The back bones connected to the shoulder bone. The shoulder bone connected to the neck bone, the neck bone connected to the head bone. And at this point, my pitch is off, so I'm just going to say it. Oh, hear the word of the Lord. Thank you, children. 
And I looked as I preached and I prophesied and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And then the Lord said to me, Son of man, prophesy to the wind. And say to the wind, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Come, breath from the four winds. Breathe into these slain dead bones that they will live. And so I prophesied as I was commanded. And the wind from the north. And the wind from the south. And from the east and from the west came and breath entered the bones. And they came to life and they stood on their feet. A great vast army of God's people. And then the Lord said to me, Son of man, these bones are my people. These bones are my people. And they are saying to themselves, We are dried up. Our hope is gone. We are worn out. We can't go on. So prophesy to them. And say to my people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them and bring you back. And I'm going to put my spirit inside of you. And then you will know that I am the Lord. That's a good word, Ezekiel. That's a good word. The prophets are a vivid reminder to us that the hope of God does not come to us in a vacuum. God's hope does not just come when things are shiny and new and promising. God com- hope God's hope comes in the middle of the mess. It comes to us when we're at our end, when we don't know how we will carry on. Who's going to lift us up? Will we be able to make it through another day? That's when God's word comes. God's hope comes in the darkness. Mama, it's dark. I need my Moses. And what of this word from Amos? It's a word about a king who's going to come and repair and heal and fulfill everything that God had promised. Everything. A word of restoration and redemption because a good king has come to God's people. And this king is Jesus. This is King Jesus. And Jesus holds all these things and fulfills all these things. And in Acts chapter 15, the early church read these words as a confirmation of what God was doing among the nations in their day. That Jesus had died, that Jesus had risen again, that Jesus had ascended to God's throne. He was the true king of the Jews. The true king of the Jews. But praise be to God, People from all the nations were coming to him as king as well. Like you and like me. A few weeks ago, I was sharing a word with the fourth and fifth graders at WOW. And I was talking about the phrase that Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Do you know that word? King of kings. In Hebrew, this is what a grammarian would call the superlative. Good, better, best. That's the superlative. To say king of kings, in Hebrew, you're not saying the king over the other kings. 
I hope Jesus is king over the other kings. Praise God. But to call Jesus the king of kings is to say that Jesus is the best king. Imagine the best king, the best ruler, the best leader that you can possibly imagine. That's what we're saying when we say Jesus is king of kings. Thank you, Amos, because that is a word we need today. That is a word we're going to need tomorrow, and that is a word we're going to need the next day and forevermore. Jesus is King of Kings. Amen. Let's pray. God, we need a word. We need a word. And as we prepare for uh, communion, as we prepare to come to your table, Lord, continue to plant your word in our hearts that it would not come back void. Help us to remember our King Jesus, the sacrifice he made for us now. I lift these things up in his name. Amen.